This is the Elevators Podcast. We discuss all things elevating your life, work, and relationships as you are building your business and yourself. Here is your host, yours truly, Dylan Buck. Welcome back to the Elevators Podcast. Uh, This week, I got to sit down with Jason Delgado. Jason was a pastor for 23 years. Uh, He grew a church from 400 people to over 4,000 people. So he's obviously someone that is used to having a lot of responsibility, used to having a lot of influence. And many would think someone like Jason that was in ministry for over 20 years would be there for the rest of their lives, but God had other plans. And uh, Jason is someone who has consistently leaned into his faith through adversity And he's now found himself in a career that for the first time in a long time gives him butterflies. And uh, thank goodness for that, because if you've got zero butterflies about your next step in life, it's probably not worth doing, right? It means you're outside your comfort zone and there's no growth in the comfort zone. There's no comfort in the growth zone. So (laughs) um, at the end of the day, you know, what's the point of life if not to grow and mature into the best version of ourselves by doing the things that the best version of us would do? So I am very grateful that we are in a career that requires us to grow daily in order for our businesses to grow annually. And fortunately, as we grow in the business, our capacity to improve in the other areas of our life outside of work grow alongside it. But regardless of what you believe, I think you will really appreciate and glean something from the principles that Jason speaks about throughout this episode from a pastor's perspective. So take what you want, leave what you don't, and enjoy this week's content with Jason Del Gatto. Hello, hello. Today I am sitting down with Jason Delgado. Uh, Jason leads a devotional for any and all. Everybody's welcome on Wednesdays at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. Um, And he does a great job every time. Uh, We had him actually at the mid-year meeting uh, lead the devotional. And he gave a a part that uh, I had probably three or four people come up to me and be like, man, you got to get this stuff on the podcast. Everybody needs to hear this. So, um Jason, being the man that he is, was willing to wake up early this morning, uh, come up here and sit down and, and share this with everybody. So uh, thanks for coming in, Jason. Man, I'm excited. <laughs> Honored to be here. It's been a great week. Heck yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome. But um, I appreciate you letting me do this and uh, hope it encourages people. Hope it encourages you who are listening uh, as it has me in preparing it. I think it applies to everyone. But um, kind of the subject of this is more in a statement so I don't know if you ever felt like this, but I have many times in my life where I felt like, you know, help, God is testing me. Somebody help. I don't know if you've ever felt like that in your life, but I have felt like that many, many times. Believe it or not, God will often test our faith. He will often test our character. In fact, many people wrongly believe that God's ultimate goal for their life is for them to be happy. Well, let me give you a newsflash, and this is kind of a newsflash for all of us, but God's ultimate goal for our life is not for us to be happy. His ultimate goal for us is to grow in spiritual maturity. You're going to be happy for trillions and trillions of years when you get to heaven one day, and you're not going to have to worry about a thing. But right now, in this life on earth, we are in the growing stage. 
And God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. And so how does God grow us? Well, the Bible reveals that he grows us through tests. It's like when you're working out in the gym, you test your muscles by lifting weights. And so that negative resistance is what expands and strengthens your muscles to be able to hold more weight. That negative resistance is what you need to grow your muscles. It's the, it's what you do in the gym. You test yourself. The more you test your muscles, the more your muscles grow. In fact, I remember when I started going back to the gym a few years ago, uh, I'd been out of the gym for years. I was completely out of shape. I'm kind of in the beginning of that cycle again right now. <laughs> but And I don't know why guys are like the, this, why we are the way we are, but we are. But my wife, Rachel, is a fitness trainer, and she was helping me get back into fitness. And so one of my first times back in the gym, I remember I was working chest, and she was off to the side doing her own workout. And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try to impress her by showing her how much weight I can bench, even <laughs> though I hadn't been in the gym in years. So I put a bunch of weight on the bar, got under it, and I pushed it off the bar, brought it down to my chest, and the strangest thing happened. A voice in my head immediately yelled at me, you are an idiot. <laughs> now you're stuck. You ain't never going to push that weight off. Now you look stupid. But I tried hard and I pushed and I pushed, but there was no way. And finally, I guess my wife, Rachel, either saw out of her peripheral that I was struggling under this weight on my chest or she overheard my grunting and sheer panic. But all of a sudden I look up and Rachel's standing over me and she says, need some help there, tough guy? <laughs> to which I said, just shut up and help me. So she helped me rack the weight. I got up off the bench, lightheaded. I was breathing hard, defeated, humiliated, angry. My pride was hurt, ego deflated. And she was so compassionate. She said, are you okay, babe? Are you hurt? To which I said, you know, I was just fine. I was just making sure you were paying attention to what was going on. And she looked at me and just said, you're such an idiot. She laughed and walked away. The point is that the more you test your muscles, the more they grow. And God builds and develops our faith in a, in a very similar way. And the test that he gives us will examine many areas of our life. His testing will examine things like our character, our patience, our faith, our trust. In fact, the apostle James describes it this way in scripture in James chapter one, he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So the Bible tells us that when our faith is tested, our character will grow. And all throughout scripture, we see God test and grow the faith of very ordinary people like you and I, ordinary people who actually became heroes of faith. But understand, these individuals weren't heroes because they were born special. They became heroes of faith because of how they responded to God's testing. And God uses these same six tests 
to grow our faith too. So what six tests am I talking about? There are six specific tests that I believe God takes every one of us through, and we'll go through these different tests many times, different seasons of our life. Basically, it's the what test, the when test, the where test, the how test, the why test, and the how long test. And I just kind of want to walk through these with you, and you may find yourself in one of these tests right now. Uh, and if not, you might want to lean in anyway, because you will be there at some point. But I want to kind of take us into a very fascinating passage of scripture in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11 is affectionately referred to many as the hall of faith. And basically, it gives a snapshot and a highlight reel of a lot of the great heroes of faith and how they overcame and how they became people of great faith and lived epic lives. But through their example, we see these six tests. So I'm going to dive in. If you're taking notes, you might want to start jotting some things down because test number one is this. This is test number one, and that is a difficult new task, a difficult new task. This is the what test, and we'll face this test many times in our life. We'll face it in our business. We'll face it in our relationships. God will tell you to do something that seems absolutely impossible. It's like when God called Noah to build an ark, when no one on earth had even seen rain at that period of time. And going into Hebrews 11 and verse 7, it says it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah received the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, God may not be asking you to build a giant ark. If you think that he is, contact me privately. I will pray for you because you have some (laughs) issues. But God may not be asking you to build an ark. But there are times when he will ask you to reach for an impossible dream, to take an impossible step, or to complete an impossible task. And so with each one of these tests, I want to give you a corresponding faith principle. So the faith principle for test number one is this. Faith is facing the future without knowing what the task may be. Faith is facing the future without knowing what the task may be. So test number two. Test number two is what I call a major change, a major change change. I call this the wear test. It's a test that happens when a major change comes into our life and we don't know where God is taking us. God tells us to go and he changes everything in our lives in the process, but he doesn't tell us where oftentimes. God told Abraham to go from his homeland to somewhere new without telling him where. The Bible says that Abraham obeyed God by faith. In fact, in verse eight of Hebrews 11, It says that it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. So maybe God wants you to start working a new territory in your business, or maybe he's telling you to sell your house and you're wondering, well, where am I going to go? Here's the faith principle for this test. Faith is following God's leading without knowing where. Faith is following God's leading without knowing where. Test number three is this one. I call this a delayed promise. Test three is a delayed promise. This is the win test. This is when we're asking God, I don't know if you ever felt like this before in your life, but I have. This is when we ask God, when God, 
When will you answer my prayer? When will my business grow? When will my marriage change? Well, guess what? You're not the first person to ask the question when. The Bible tells us that Abraham had a very similar experience. In verse 9 of Hebrews 11, it says that even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. So I want you to notice from that, Abraham based his life on God's promises, not on explanations, and his faith grew because of it. When we're in the delay and we're in between where we are right now and where we are hoping to be, where our dreams picture us to be, but we're in that waiting period, when we're in the delay, one thing we always need to remind ourselves is this, God's delays are not God's denials. Oftentimes we'll think that God may be working against us because it's not happening in our timing. Things are not happening the way that we think they should, when we think they should, how we think they should. But oftentimes what God is doing in the delay is he is building and developing our character and our faith for where he is taking us. So God's delays are not God's denials. Oftentimes we think that God's not yet is a no. God will say not yet. That doesn't mean it's a no. It's just a not yet. So hang on in the delay because it's coming. Here's the faith principle for this test. Faith is waiting for God's timing without knowing when. Faith is waiting for God's timing without knowing when. All right, test four. Here's the fourth test I think God takes us through oftentimes, and that is an unsolvable problem, an unsolvable problem. This is the how test. We have a problem, and we don't know how to solve it. Remember when God told Abraham that he would be a father? The Bible says that God told him he'd be a father when he was 99 years old. Now, for all the men listening to this, I just want you to imagine being 99 <laughs> years old and God telling you you're going to be a daddy. I mean, if it was me, I'd think it was a bad pizza dream from the night before because that's crazy, right? I mean, think about it, ladies. I think Sarah, uh, Abraham's wife, was, I think, 90 years old when an angel appeared to her and told her she was going to give birth to a son named Isaac. Now, ladies, 90 years old, if you were 90 years old, how would you feel about that? You'd probably say, man, can you pass this on to somebody else? I'm not in the mood at 90 years old. But come on, it was physically impossible for Abraham and his wife to have a child. But God did the impossible through the faith of Sarah and Abraham. In verse 11 of Hebrews 11, it says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and she was too old. It says that she believed that God would keep his promise. So here's the faith principle for this test. Faith is expecting a miracle without knowing how. Faith is expecting a miracle without knowing how. You might be experiencing a problem in your family. You might be experiencing a, a problem in your business that just seems unsolvable or you feel like you've hit a wall. But as you trust God, even with the unsolvable, your faith will begin to grow and your capacity will expand. All right, test number five is what I call a senseless loss. A senseless loss. And this is really the why question. I'm telling you it's inevitable that at some point we all will face a loss in life 
that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And it's not if, but it's when that happens, our natural human reaction is to look for an explanation, even when there is none. But my friend, you can spend your whole life looking to explain the unexplainable, and you can live a very miserable and bitter life the rest of your life. Because isn't it true that our response to a senseless loss is usually why? Why did this person I love die? Why did my dream end? Why did I lose this relationship? Why did this health situation hit my life? And just put yourself in Abraham's shoes for a second and just imagine how he must have felt when God tested him by asking him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. His only son, upon which all of his dreams of fathering a nation had rested. It says in verse 17 through 19, it says it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son Isaac, even though God had told him that Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. In verse 19, it says that Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Abraham couldn't explain why God was asking him to do this, but in faith, he obeyed God, and then God provided another way. So here's the faith principle for this test. Faith is trusting God's purpose without knowing why. There's many times in our life we're going to hit the why phase. Why is this happening? Why did this happen to me? And I think we ought to rearrange and, and rephrase it, rethink it, change our mindset a little bit. It's not that it's happening to me, it's happening for me. We don't see the purpose in it, but there is a purpose in it, and faith is trusting God's purpose without knowing why. Here's the sixth and the final test I think God takes us all through at different points in our life, and I call it a prolonged pain a prolonged pain. And I like to call this test, this is the how long test, all right? This is about the, the chronic pain in your life that just won't go away. Whether it's a, a relational pain, a spiritual pain, a physical pain, a financial pain, a business pain, it's, it's a suffering that just won't go away and we just simply have to live with it. Well, in Hebrews 11, the Bible tells us that Moses endured all kinds of suffering. He endured conflict and, and criticism and pain. He endured all of this in order to pursue what God wanted to do through his life. And I'm sure that there were many times that Moses asked God, how long, Lord? <laughs> how long is this going to go on? How long must I endure this? And what's interesting to me is Moses didn't choose what felt right. Here's what God's word tells us about Moses in verse 26 of Hebrews 11. It says that he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. You see, the how long test helps us develop faithful persistence. You don't always feel like going into businesses every day. You don't always feel like recruiting. You don't always feel like turning the other cheek when you face criticism. You don't always feel like staying in a troubled marriage. But like Moses, what do we do by faith? We don't quit. We keep going. We don't give up. We don't throw in the towel. 
And my friend, that is called faith. And here's the corresponding, here's the faith principle for the how long test. And that is faith is persisting through pain without knowing how long. Faith is persisting through pain without knowing how long. Now, Maybe you're sitting here today and you're listening to this and you're, and you're thinking, well, you know what? I'm not going through any of these tests right now. Well, if that's you, congratulations. Get ready because it's coming. <laughs> Likely sooner rather than later. If you're not going through any of these tests right now, get ready because it's coming. Because it's not a matter of if we face these tests. It's a matter of when. But here's the good news. The good news is that God gives us these tests because he loves us and he wants us to grow. He wants us to grow in spiritual maturity. He wants us to grow in faith. He wants us to grow in our relationships. He wants us to grow our capacity so our business can expand. But understand, our faith is like a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it. It must be worked for it to grow. It must be worked for it to get stronger. Just like I mentioned earlier about working out in the gym, our faith Our muscles only grow and strengthen when there's negative resistance. So that's what God does with these tests. It's the negative resistance that he applies in order to strengthen and grow our faith. That's why God brings these tests into our lives. It's not to hurt us. It's not to make us miserable. It's not to stress us out or cause us to be fearful. He brings these tests into our lives because he wants to grow and strengthen our faith to expand our capacity, to increase our persistence, and for us to learn to trust him above anything and everything else. You know, I hear people say often, well, God loves me just the way I am. Well, Dylan, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. Well, God loves me just the way I am. And you know what, friend? It's absolutely true. God does love you just the way you are. But that's only half the truth. Yes, God loves you just the way you are, but he also loves you enough not to leave you the way you are. He loves you enough to bring some negative resistance into your life, to forge some things within you so you can be everything that he's purposed you to be. And that's the ultimate reason really for God's testing. So we will become all he's purposed us to be and we will fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives on this earth. And here's the caveat to all this. We can't choose the test. We can't choose the test. We can't choose what happens to us but we can choose how we will respond to it. And I just want to encourage all those of you who are listening to this, when, it, when the test comes, not if, but when the test comes, we feel like, help, God is testing me. What is going on? Let's not panic. Let's not get angry and start pointing fingers and playing the blame game. Let's not get bitter. Let's not get resentful. Let's not get fearful and start retreating. But let's respond to God's test the same way the heroes of the faith responded. Let's respond by faith. Let's respond in obedience. Let's respond with persistence. Let's respond by trusting God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. And here's what God promises. He promises that if we do what only we can do, which is respond the right way to his testing, He will do what only he can do. He will grow us 
He will strengthen us. He will make us into something we never thought we were able to be. And he'll help us achieve in our life, relationships, in our business. He'll help us achieve what we never thought we were able to achieve with our life. The testings are real and they come. But if we respond the right way, our faith will grow and strengthen and expand. And we'll find ourselves being and doing things we never thought were possible. I hope that encourages somebody today as much as it does me. <laughs> well, I'm sure it does, Jason. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Again, uh, Jason has a devotional that is open to anybody that would like to join every more every Wednesday morning. Excuse me, at 8:30 a.m. Uh, the Zoom link to that will be posted in the show notes. So if you'd like to join, he'll be there every week. Look forward to it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks, brother. (laughs) This has been an Elevated Podcast production. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out our Instagram page at Elevated Financial. Like, share, and let us know what you want to hear more of.